0: The midday sun shines down on a stream of people as they approach a temple. Arching fingers of petrified wood stretch out before them, casting long shadows. The wood looks like it could have been the hull of an immense ship at one time. Sailors, merchants, travelers, and pirates all make their way to the birth of the Sea Wraith, the temple of the goddess Besmara in Port Peril. Birds are a constant sight overhead, and the smell of salt is always present. At the base of one of the wooden beams stands a tengu. She has a short but elegant stature with disproportionately long arms that end in gold talon hands. Her jet black feathers shimmer in the sun with an iridescent oily coating. Her dark feathers are broken up by white plumage around her neck and a few pieces of bleached coral attached to the feathers around her head. Her piercing black eyes scan the crowd of people as they walk by, She idly taps her long gray, slightly hooked beak. Salt is dried on it in random fractals. She wears black armor etched with a skull and crossbones. A flowy white shirt contrasts between her black feathers and black armor. Besides her golden talons, the only color she wears is a bright red scarf around her neck. The rapier at her hip catches the sunlight and glistens. She takes her shield and places it on top of a small crate. Most people walking by bring with them offerings, both meager and grand, from coins to trinkets and even a few ill-gotten treasures. A woman with crimson hair walks against the crowd, carrying an armful of ornately decorated gourds with several black feathers tied to them. The woman smiles when she sees the waiting Tengu. Morning, Kaya. you're actually on time today.
1: Well, Sandy, I couldn't let you sell Tengu bottles without me.
0: The two set up the bottles on the shield and address people walking by.
1: Get your authentic Tengu bottles here.
0: In bad weather, puncture the gourd and throw it overboard to let the rum flow and appease Bessmar's fiery temper.
1: Or just drink it as you go down with your ship. We won't judge.
0: A few nervous-looking sailors stop by the stand on their way back from the temple. An extra offering might just get them through another storm. Eventually, a man walks up to the stand with a cruel glint in his eyes. How much is this trash? Not letting his attitude bring her down, Kaya responds levelly
1: All for donations. Let's be generous with our offerings.
0: The man's eyes start to glaze over, but Kaya starts to get more excited.
1: By the grace of Besmara, freedom is yours to claim. She has answered my prayers and given me a choice. Every day since then. I choose to follow her code
0: the man reaches out and grabs a gourd don't mind if i do i'd rather lose this trash than another slave kaya turns her sharp obsidian eyes upon the man her feathers ruffling with anger her beak curls into a defiant frown
1: that bottle
0: she says her voice carrying a steely determination
1: is not for the likes of you it carries offerings for the goddess Besmara, not to be tainted by the grubby hands of a scallywag who profits from the suffering of others.
0: The man's face twists into a snarl, and his hand tightens around the bottle. You dare insult me, bird brain. Sandy's eyes dart between the man and Kaya. In a swift motion, Sandy lunges forward to grab the gourd. The man quickly pulls the gourd away and reaches out to grab Sandy's collar pulling her close enough to smell the stench of old rum on him. Sandy squirms, but isn't able to break herself free. Kaya reacts without hesitation to protect her newest friend in Port Peril. Her feathers puff up, inflating her size. She lets out a call.
1: Release her!
0: The man, startled by this display, is distracted for only a moment, but it's just the chance Sandy needs to break free. She twists and steps back five feet away, distancing herself from the slaver. The man's gaze shifts from Kaya back to, now out of reach, Sandy. He drops the gourd and draws a dagger from his belt. With Sandy a safe distance away, Kaya scans his belt for additional treasures. She catches a glimpse of keys tied to his belt with a length of rope. Kaya swoops her feathered arms wide to faint surrender. As she starts to swoop, she slices out with a taloned hand to cut the cord holding the keys. With the keys hidden behind her feathers, she slides a membrane across her left eye, winking at Sandy. Sandy smiles and crosses her arms. Then Kaya's tactics shift. She now flashes the golden razor-sharp talons of her empty hand.
1: Now's your chance to leave, mate. We've got you outnumbered.
0: The man looks between Kaya, Sandy, and the broken gourd leaking sweet-smelling rum. Whatever. It's trash, anyway. He grumbles as he slinks away from the temple. Kaya and Sandy watch as the man walks out of sight. Their excitement grows with each step. Kaya holds up the key ring for them both to inspect.
1: These look like they could be important.
0: Maybe they unlock a chest of gold.
1: Or the front gates of Saltfish Camp.
0: Yes, then we'd have a full crew. Kaya tilts her head to the side. Membranes slide across her jet black eyes.
1: If they choose to come with us.
0: Why wouldn't they want to join the most daring crew of the shackles? Kaya shrugs.
1: No clue. We'll have to ask him.
0: Kaya and Sandy pack up their table and head back to the temple. On the way back, Sandy's face is uncharacteristically stoic. Hey, thanks for having me back down there with that bilge sucker.
1: No worries. I would never abandon a crewmate. I'd say we came out ahead. At the very least, the keys are sparkly and are ours now.
0: As the stream of petitioners seeking the blessings of Bismara gradually slows to a stop, Kai and Sandy, the temple's dedicated caretakers for the night, set about the task of cleaning and tidying the birth of the Sea Wraith. The setting sun bathes the space in a warm golden glow, casting long shadows that dance across the wooden floors. The two make an efficient team. While not a glamorous task, they both take care to clean the temple and make sure all offerings are put away. In their month of working together, they've gotten a good system down. The scent of salt water and rum mingles in the air as they work. Sandy, with a bucket of soapy water and cloth in hand, kneels down to watch the temple's intricately carved altars. Her fingers move with precision as she delicately wipes away the traces of offerings of alcohol left by the petitioners. The soft hum of a shanty escapes her lips, filling the temple with a soothing melody. Kaya, on the other hand, uses her feathers to dust the shelves and corners, ensuring every inch of the temple is gleaming with Bismara's radiance. While cleaning, their conversation flows easily, filling with stories of the sea and tales of adventure. Every night, the stories seem to get more and more grand than the night before.
1: There was a night where I stood alone at the bow of a huge ship with all of my treasures in hand. I threw it all overboard, offering Besmara all that I had, pleading for a chance of a better life.
0: Kaya stops cleaning. Her eyes begin to glisten in the candlelight.
1: In that moment, I poured my heart out to the pirate queen, Basmara. I prayed for freedom, for myself, for my family, and for all those shackled by debts and despair. And Basmara heard my plea. She sent forth her most daring pirates who braved a terrible storm that raged like the fury of the vengeful sea goddess herself. Through the tempest fury, these pirates sailed, their ship tossed and turned by waves that threatened to devour them. Besmara's emissaries stood before me, weathered and sea-salted, their eyes alight with the spirit of adventure. And in that moment, I was offered a choice, a choice of freedom. Besmara had heard my plea and through her pirate, she offered me the chance to leave behind the chains of my old life and embark on a new one. I chose freedom and I have been a servant of the pirate queen ever since.
0: After telling her tale, her eyes reflected the fierce resolve that guided her. Sandy starts back into cleaning after listening to Kaya's story. You know, that's your best telling yet. The redhead then launches into a story of her father's adventures at sea while fishing, but Kaya's focus starts to drift. In the month that Sandy has been working at the temple, she hasn't mentioned where her father is now. The question's forming in Kaya's throat, but she holds her tongue. If she starts asking questions about Sandy's family, Sandy is sure to ask about Kaia's. That's not a story of grand adventure. Best to leave those details out for now.